0: Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin alman Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to episode two of That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. We're so excited to be here. I'm Kara Clank. And I'm Lisa Traeger. A happy and joyous Hanukkah to you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Potato pancakes all day,
1: every day. So delicious. Did you get any presents every night? Did Hanukkah Harry visit you?
0: <laughs> Did you put any blue lights on your house? I don't know. My Pentecostal husband hasn't really picked up on the Hanukkah traditions yet. <laughs> Um, I know my father
1: puts a blue lit menorah on our window so just in case people didn't know we were Jewish they know now
0: (laughs) oh my gosh it's episode two we are back we've had Um, so much fun like tweeting
1: and Instagramming and going through all the fun stuff that everyone is sharing and all their opinions. Yes, Thank you for your positive um, feedback, everybody. And we've gotten a lot of questions and love about our cover art slash logo, which we understand because it's incredible. And it's Carly Jean Andrews and her Instagram's incredible. And I actually found her through Instagram because this summer during quarantine, she was making like People would send her nudes and then she would make paper doll outfits on top of them. And I'd never met this woman in my life. And I was like, hey, can I send you nudes? And then I sent her 15 nudes. I had a two hour photo shoot alone in my home. (laughs) And so she knows me very intimately. Yeah, her
0: Instagram is awesome. Everybody should go and follow Carly Jean Andrews and um, order her prints and stuff. She's really like such a fantastic artist. And we were so lucky. Or.
1: You can hack her and you know if you'd like to see me doing ice ice skating poses in the nude she probably has them on her phone. <laughs> I'm also, Kara. I don't know if you've been experiencing this, but like, I've become more investigative since we've started working on this podcast. <laughs> and I'm scared what's going to happen to me. Like, I saw a glove on a branch. And I'm like, whose glove is this? We need to find it. And I'm very nervous. You're like picking
0: it up with a stick to not break chain of custody.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got suspicious. Like, my sister, I was walking my sister's dog and it stared at a man. And I'm like, he is a fucking murderer. There's a, a mirror that goes into his stairs and there's someone trapped. in my my niece was like I think it's just a man I don't know why but yeah I'm like <laughs> I'm nervous for what's going to happen to my personality oh
0: man yeah I guess um
1: no you obviously have not experienced this in your 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 silence <laughs>
0: No, no. I will. I have definitely been on after a marathon. I think you've been binging a little bit lately, right? You've been catching up. You've been on season yes. like twenty twenty one or something. Yes. So, like,
1: I have yeah. to be honest with everyone. After the man down da- or man up episodes in season twenty, it was just too much for me. And with where the world was, and I did take a break. And obviously, always watch the old ones over and over. But I didn't watch twenty twenty one, and I've been watching them right now, and I'm having a lot of problems because I'm. I'm in love with Carisi.
0: She's literally texting me trying to act like Carisi is hotter than Maloney. And I, I can't I don't even know what to, I don't know how to react. Well, I, <laughs> I don't want anyone to
1: know that. Well, we just talked about it because I think. uh People will hate me. I think this. Yeah, I think it's a controversial stance. I don't know why I'm so well, obsessed with Carisi, but I love that he loves
0: Rollins. Even, you know, well, that's one thing that you said, because you're not a huge Rollins fan. And you said that his love of Rollins is making you like Rollins more. So I think he's doing a service. He is. I just feel like he's um, like the feminist.
1: We really that that's what Maloney was missing. Maloney was always like abortions are wrong.
0: And I think Carisi has this like special sweetness where he's like, she can get an abortion, you know? And I like that. Yeah. Well, we found out a couple of weeks ago on Instagram that in the new year, we're going to be getting the return of Maloney, which is huge. And I was just like looking, even him older you know a little bit more weathered in the face i'm just a thousand times hornier for maloney than i ever will be for dominic carisi but i <laughs> i will regret it i will regret it and i do think <laughs> that
1: him constantly bringing cannolis his mom made is a little overkill where we get it you're italian but he's always just bringing a wedding soup to the to the and precinct the accent,
0: i feel like that, it's like he's a cornball. i like him i just don't want to like And I did
1: time I did Google just like photos of him in his regular life and he seems to really love his wife. But so does, um, you know,
2: (laughs) so does Maloney. Maloney, Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) I do love a man that's not going to cheat on his wife. But not that we I know anything. Also, um, we have been doing a lot of different shows together to like promote this podcast. And we did our friend Michelle Collins radio show and she's obsessed with Peter Herman. And Peter Herman, for those of you who don't know, is Marishka Hargate's real husband. And in the show, he plays a defense attorney who's actually not a terrible man, Trevor Langan. And she said the funniest thing I've ever heard about him.
0: Cara, well, I told her, I away? think Peter Herman is so, so hot. And she goes, Oh, I call him sexy Frankenstein. <laughs> Which we love. So from now on, we'll be we will be rec- we will be referring to him as sexy Frankenstein. But we mean that in om- the only the most boner inducing ways. Like, I think he's so, so hot.
1: Yeah, I'll buy any laundry detergent beads that he wants to sell. <laughs> um, he is not in this episode, but Do you know who is
0: uh, my man? Christopher Maloney. Uh, he's so also gonna- still my man. Uh, I just love of OK, wanna- OK. <laughs> Okay, Um, so we're going to get into the episode. You're going to get some uh, heaping dose of Christopher Maloney. But we just wanted to remind you, since it's the second episode, what the show is. Obviously, we recap episodes of Law & Order SVU, and then we're going to get into the true crime that the episode was based on. Today's episode has some particularly graphic elements. So we just wanted to warn people up front to be prepared for that.
1: And as we know, uh, in the SV world, the best episodes are usually the most messed up. So (laughs) this is the best and messed up. And we have one of the best guests, best actors that have ever been on this show,
0: according to me. So stay with us. (laughs) All right. Lisa. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about <laughs> your favorite episode yeah. of Law & Order SVU? Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: thrilled. This is my favorite. I mean, so many haunt me, but this, um, I, you know, Ari is in it, so I don't want to step on your, you know, position. Mm-hmm. But there's a monologue at the end that chilled chills up it, and down my yeah. spine hair yeah. on my hand. Like, I just remember watching this as it came out. This is an early season being like, you are the best actress I've ever seen in my life <laughs> How are you doing this at such a young age This is the most twisted crime The most yeah. shocking stuff The saddest ending The craziest trauma The family I mean it is multi-layered And you know a lot of the times The the beginning doesn't match the end This it's like I don't know. I love it. The cops play tricks on the boy. I mean, it's it's truly great. I can't wait. Thank you for um, agreeing to do this one. No, this is an awesome episode. And unfortunately, how bad I've been talking about how
0: everything is. It is based on a true crime. Unfortunately, (laughs) it is based on bad, bad, bad uh, crimes. But yeah, this episode is called Damaged. It's from season four, episode 11. So... You know, they're really hitting their stride. Uh, The episode starts out with uh, like hits the ground running. A couple is like a guy's breaking up with his girlfriend outside of a video store and just gets shot dead in the middle of the street. Yeah. And she has a really bad hat on. I'd like to add. Yeah. And she seems annoying. She seems
1: annoying. He's like, bitch, I told
0: you. She seems annoying. Does she deserve to watch her boyfriend die in front of her in a split second as he's breaking up with her? I don't think so But it is a bad hat Um, In the video store A teenage girl Is crouched over A six-year-old girl Who's been shot And then there's also A dead guy With a mask on the ground And then there's a Hysterical video clerk Holding a gun And he has an emo band From the 2000s
1: haircut Like a My Chemical Romance Like (laughs) dirty man type look
0: (laughs) Lisa always has the hair reviews (laughs) Um, Detective Dewthorn I believe is how you say it Played by Air Eric Palladino, he's kind of an in and out guy. He's like a, a regular detective who's not an SVU detective. So, he yeah, I gets, call him a bad boy cop. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Guido. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say Guido? I think I think Guido's OK. Yeah. still because <laughs> I think people like love being Guidos. Anyway, uh, he shows up because it's just a regular crime right now. The six year old is en route to the hospital. Her name is Rebecca. The older sister is Missy, played by Ari Grainer. Uh, the kid who was dead on the ground, who was trying to rob the video stores named Eric Campbell. And then Joey field is the name of the clerk who is the one that killed Eric. Um, The squad gets word that Rebecca, the six year old girl, is on life support at the hospital and has gonorrhea. And I want to add
1: that he doesn't say, oh, we'll contact the hotshot cop doesn't say, oh, we'll contact SVU. I know
0: Benson. He goes, get the sex police over here. (laughs) He says he says, leave it to the sex police. And it's like the way that other cops make fun of SVU all the time is like literally proof that a sex crimes unit is needed because like you don't even listen to people when they have prop like sex crimes committed against them you're yeah. like this should be a separate unit for this there is and you should respect them <laughs> um it's uh really funny but anyway uh there's just a lot of like you know, oh the kitty the kitty rape police are here like there's just always little jokes about them being the sex police
1: um and what is shocking about the sex police being called is you're looking at the crime and you're like but what is why yeah it was just some shootings yeah 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 yeah. what is happening what is it
0: and i never thought you will never believe it (laughs) (laughs) i did not think i would uh ever type the word gonorrhea so many times as i did watching this episode i I now know how to spell it and i will always know how (laughs) i will win a dispelling bee of sexual transmitted infections okay so missy the teenage sister of the victim is crying, freaking out. She's like, uh, t- t- she tells him about how she was adopted at 12 by the Kurtz family. But Rebecca, the six-year-old, is their biological child. She's like, they're going to kill me. And that's what
1: I learned from Sex in the City. Once sometimes families adopt, then later when they're not
0: trying, they do get pregnant. Yeah, my be- one of my best friends that happened in her family. Yeah, um, And... Ari Grainer, I should mention, this is only the second thing she's ever done. She's been in a few episodes of The Sopranos and then this. So she's a wonder kid. Let's see. Yeah, she's like 18 or something. She's very good. Um, and the squad suspects uh, the dad. Obviously, that's the first person that they suspect when like a little kid has a sexual Uh, You know gonorrhea And it's Dan Loria from The Wonder Years I don't know if you did you ever watch that show I did but I was so you know I remember the pimple Episodes yeah like that but He like is so he's very good in this Episode but he makes me Really like like he was such a mean dad In the wonder years that I'm always like Ugh, About him and he's in another episode of SVU where he plays a coach Who I think is bad but um, we'll probably talk About that episode so um, Yeah and then the cops are asking all these questions Like what
1: does your dad do does he Rape your sister yeah 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 They also there's an expository Question where they're like your daddy's Little angel too right which I Like and then we get right. into Missy's Trauma right
0: so They are talking about how Rebecca's daddy's little angel. And just that term is gross. I, I hate think that, that needs I to be I hate daddy's out. girl. I hate daddy's little angel. I hate all the daddy stuff. You can just throw it away. Um, but uh, Missy was adopted. Her biological father, like, severely molested and assaulted her um, from the age of five to the age of 12 when her... Uh, she was taken into foster custody and then adopted by this family. So you'd think, oh, what a great turnaround. Um, but she obviously... Doesn't think of herself as a daddy's little girl because of her traumatic uh, relationship with her biological dad. So uh, obviously the Dan Loria character freaks out when they're like, want to get tested for da- gonorrhea to see if you gave it to your uh, daughter who's on life support. Yeah. Dads really don't like to be accused of raping their children. Yeah. I also just want to point out That this is season four This is after Benson Has cut her hair Into that super little Spiky cut But she's let it grow out And now it's got like This smooth Windswept Justin Bieber quality That's so funny I wrote short swoop Boy band realness Yeah it's cute. It looks good on her. Like, yeah. and honestly, you have to be I a just strikingly love gorgeous both, woman to pull off that haircut. We
1: both went. We both described yeah. it the same. Swoops, boy band type. Yeah, I think know. there's a
0: reason we're friends.
1: <laughs> Bieber didn't have a band, but yeah, the dad <laughs> definitely
0: is like you asshole. How's it going? Yeah, <laughs> I hell? can't hold it. Yeah, and she's like. Her hair does look good, but she is asking a man to take a gonorrhea test. <laughs> so it turns out Missy has filed a complaint against her adopted dad five years earlier, but she was actually just mistaking regular affection for sexual advances. Um, and uh, they kind of we get more information about how like Missy's dad like beat her, raped her, pimped her out to her, to his friends like he was not a good man. Um, yeah, like raping your kid is b- bad
1: enough. And then... Like pimping your kid out with no, drug like, money. It's, it's
0: honestly unconscionable. It's like you can't even think that there's people like that in the world, but there are. Um, and then the social worker is like, I wish all my families were like the Kurtz family, like to get like to adopt a 12-year-old girl too, who's been through a lot of trauma, like that's you know, that's a big undertaking. And it seems like they're this great family to her. So we'll see where that goes. Um, everyone loves Rebecca. They talk about how she has some incontinence issues well um, this is so they go to the school and this is uh, an svu trope
1: like the bartenders you know where it's like the principal knows details of the kid i never yeah. met my principal
0: and <laughs> my principal's like well, what my- a
1: lovely girl i'd be like i've never i've never talked to you mr bizarre okay
0: well i knew my elementary school te- uh principal his name was dr t and i think if i was pissing myself in first grade a bunch Maybe he'd know about that But the thing is It wasn't a bunch She only pissed herself
1: twice So they didn't realize Oh this is like a sign Of sexual abuse Because oh, that is I, a sign Of sexual abuse I, I, thought
0: he, he I didn't realize They said two times I thought Yeah it was just she only so peed her pants twice And it's like the You're in the know Yeah it, that's, kids piss okay. their pants. Yeah. I just am like, it's like that's another the attention thing. you get at a New York City private school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your principal knows every time you pee your pants. But we find
1: out that they did take her to the doctor because she was wetting her bed at home too. Yes, yeah. So yeah.
0: they took her to a doctor for that. Great parents. Yes, yeah. Everything points to them being good parents. Yeah. But now they want to pull the plug on Rebecca because she's brain dead, and they want to give her organs to a little boy in Philadelphia. Um, they haven't done the rape exam yet. So they have to go to a judge who has to decide whether this kid in Philadelphia gets her liver or whether she's going to get like examined for like sexual abuse. I have two comments. Yes. One, of
1: course it's their sexual abuse. What do you need a kit for? The girl has gonorrhea. We know. Yeah. Two, why do we need to waste time at a judge to get a thing? Do the test. Give the organs. Like this (laughs) storyline enrages me. Yeah. Where I'm like, why is it so much trauma for this family? They're basically, I just don't understand. They want to do another good thing, another proof that they're a good Mm -hmm. family. They want to donate her organs. And the police are saying, no, this kid in Philly must die. We need to do a rape (laughs) kit, but but we won't do the rape kit fast. We'll go to court first. What?
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, can't both happen? Can't they just do it quickly and then go? I don't understand why they're even in court. This is torture time. porn. This is yeah. this. This is like I think me watching this episode started my life. <laughs> of like, well, <laughs> like this is torture porn. So so the judge sides with the with the with Cabot, one of my favorite D.A.s of all time. The judge sides with Cabot and says that they cannot pull the plug on Rebecca. They need to wait until this examination happens. And then. Stabler and Benson ask if the entire family can get tested for gonorrhea. So it turns out that Rebecca dies and but the liver gets to the boy in Philly right on time. And she also did have the exam and it shows that she was repeatedly assaulted, which is I'm sorry, I wish this. I mean, there's a lot of trigger warnings in here. It sucks to talk about that, but it's what happens in the episode. I'm glad the boy got the liver. Yeah, the boy gets the liver. So that's the and, silver lining. And um,
1: there's a trope that I always love because you know Benson and Stabler different answers, but I love when parents go. Do you have children, detective? And so we get one of those. And then
0: like Benson gets this like ashamed look on her face, and it's like <laughs> it's okay, like that you don't have a kid, like that you could still imagine it's sad that your daughter was
1: repeatedly raped, yeah, with gonorrhea, and then yeah.
0: dying. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> I, I can imagine you... <laughs> it. I don't need to have given birth. And then Stabler, of course, the horse, <laughs> the. White horse and shining dad armor armors. Like yeah. I
0: got four
1: kids, <laughs> you know, I
0: love them all. Um, so the this doctor was emotional, yeah. Though. So yeah, it's emotional. We go now. We see the doctor who was treating Rebecca's bedwetting, and he reveals that Missy has gonorrhea. This is like their pediatrician. So, and at first, the pediatrician, you know, like most doctors, don't doesn't want to give the goods yeah. up because of their Hippocratic oath or whatever. Well, HIPAA also are the laws of privacy, and you're not allowed to tell things about people but they broke it to i think the hippocratic know. oath is first do no harm but <laughs> <laughs> you're it's also first don't gossip with cops about whether kids have gonorrhea so uh the so um, this is terrible news as a watcher you realize yeah the two girls have gonorrhea. both of these girls have gonorrhea so missy breaks down and says that she and rebecca were both raped by joe who is the clerk at the video store. We thought he was like a character that was gone at the beginning. He's back. He's apparently Missy's boyfriend and he raped uh, Missy and Rebecca as well. Uh, he made Missy bring Rebecca to the store when she threatened to tell on him. Missy said Joey Field and Eric Campbell, who was the shooter, that they're friends. They plan this whole thing together or that really Joey was the mastermind and Uh, They say Joey comes from deep pockets Like his dad is a big lawyer And his family's like in with the mayor I'm like why are you working at a video store You know to learn personality I guess I mean I feel like a lot of those kind of kids End up like Clerking or putting away files at a law firm, like they don't end up. I didn't even at, at a catch video store. That. That's so interesting. I did not a video not store even where the it. owner keeps a loaded gun. It just seems a little bit of a lowbrow job for this high-powered kid. This kid that's from a high-powered family. They live on Park Avenue. You just don't see a lot of kids working at video stores. Yeah, this is mostly because nice video stores stone. do not exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: okay, because well, you always hear of a rich kid having to get a job for to
0: learn a lesson. Yes or something. of course. I mean, but yes, it's not this. one Want. Sure. That's it's, it's. I think the job's a little bit uh, far fetched, but okay. So. They go to visit Eric, the house of Eric, the kid who was shot as the robber in the uh, video store event. One of the worst dads I've seen. Oh my God. They go, he's in a bottle in the East Village, and this guy's just like a drunk, calling his dead son a loser. He's like, You want to go to his room? Go ahead. Like, he's horrible. Yeah, he goes, My son's a bigger loser than I even thought. And it's like, You're a loser. You're the biggest loser I've ever seen. He has, you
1: know, the bald hair up top with the hair around the circle. Yeah, yeah, the bozo, the clown. He actually looks like a guess who character on. That game board, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, does, uh, does he have, he an have alcohol a, nose? Yeah.
0: <laughs> does he have swollen burst capillaries? <laughs> um. So they. He and has- also, when people are this
1: poor and gross, I'm like, how do you live in New York? Why are you in New York? In the East Village. Yeah. Well,
0: how? <laughs> And your son has his own room. It's crazy. Um, So Eric has a bunch of quote unquote fancy electronics, but this episode did come out in 2003. So it's like a massive stereo, a box TV, like nothing that would look nice now, but is kind of strange for like a kid uh, to have. They figure out that Eric was three Feet away when he shot Rebecca Through forensics so um, That's the thing with these teen Any killer it's
1: like even though Cops are dumb detectives are not And to think you're gonna Outsmart detectives with your tails Is just such arrogance And yeah especially in the world
0: Of forensics and stuff yeah
1: where they were Easily like um, he would have to point
0: Down because he's tall to hit The kid yeah it was a close range It's like yeah 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 so it was Bro. like, so basically we're getting the picture that this is an, in, this was like an intentional killing, whereas they tried to make it seem like, oh, in this robbery, the gun like being like ricocheted and like hit her, whatever. So uh, Benson and Stabler go to Joey's ha- apartment and tell him that he's oh, going to win an award from the Not mayor. Not an apartment, the fucking brownstone yeah, Townhouse, townhouse, townhouse. Ugh. Excuse me, I misspoke. <laughs> this is one of my favorite yeah. moments. And they say, they're like, hey man, they're going to give you a, like a courage award uh, from the mayor's office. Why don't you step outside so when he steps outside they arrest him and i didn't realize that you don't need an arrest warrant if someone's on the street but if they're in the house you need an arrest warrant yeah and you hear the dad lawyer in the back being like joey don't go outside but yeah. it's too late because <laughs> uh, the lawyer
1: dad knows and i learned this from this episode yeah. so to me I'm we like, learn a lot i will never step, step outside, outside if a cop yeah. comes
0: to my door you don't have to open the door i don't think even without a warrant uh okay so we we figure out that joey's dad is this big attorney he said uh joey says he has no idea he had no idea eric was going to do any of this it's all kind of eric on eric's thing uh joey gets arraigned and remanded without bail we get judith light baby yeah he gets
1: charged with first degree murder and two counts of rape in the first degree three charges yeah
0: yeah, so this is not going to be an easy case to get out of. Um, and they're, t- they're everyone's throwing around the death penalty a lot, which I didn't I don't even think is in New York, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Judith Light shows up as Judge. Uh, slash Bureau Chief Elizabeth Donnelly. She was on 25 episodes of uh, SVU from 2002 to 2010. I love. I her. would consider her a main. Yeah, judge. she's she's canon for sure. Yeah. Huge part. Um, Missy wants immunity. Her lawyer is played by a class. This is a classic episode because there's a lot of classic people in it. Yeah. This classic SVU defense attorney named Roger Kressler, who's kind of like a sleaze ball. That's like my client doesn't know anything about that. You know, he has the haircut, the bald and the top yeah. and the hair, but black. He looks like he would. Do your taxes Yes He's played by a guy Named Ned Eisenberger And he's been on 24 episodes uh, Yeah jo- this ep- I mean it gets Better and better yeah. Every moment Yeah So uh, Joey's dad Is basically trying to like Bury all these motions uh, And then The episode flips When Craig walks in With a VHS Like a Well Haunting VHS Haunting tip, But we, I do want to reiterate And you did say this That
1: Missy t- Um Got a deal. So she is immune from being charged because she gave the scoop on Joey and Eric. So I just need
0: everyone to know she has immunity. Yes, she has immunity. Cragen walks in with this VHS tape and it's Missy and Joey and it's Missy basically coercing Joey through like the promise of sex to molest her little sister who's lying passed out on the bed. It's a very gross scene to watch. She drugs her sister. She gave her sister syphilis and she made gonorrhea. I don't know how to spell syphilis. I know how to spell (laughs) gonorrhea. (laughs) Why did I say syphilis I don't know They're both STDs
1: <laughs> And fucking You see on the tape Joey's like No 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 I don't want to rape her sister And she
0: like seduces She's like them. You better do it If you want more of this And it's like It's really disturbing And they go over to the daughter Oh yeah. my god So basically We now know That Missy has been Masterminding this entire thing If she lied about being raped uh, Like who really Plan these murders is what Olivia brings up And that's the crux of the episode pretty much I just can't believe I love Um, this episode so much Something is wrong with my head I I have to bring it up in therapy Some of my favorite episodes are the most traumatic It's really um, it's terrifying (laughs) Uh, Now Joey is being Like a love-struck teenage idiot Like he doesn't believe anything they're like Missy's giving you up Missy's pinning the whole thing On you he's like nah you're lying he even Thinks his dad is lying to him like he won't Go for This is why Romeo and Juliet should not Be taught in school. Oh yeah People think you're
1: supposed to die for your high school partner or yeah. something. And it's like, yeah, cause they nah. were like 13 and 15. Nah. Um, <laughs> so he is willing to take the needle for this girl because the sex is so bomb.
0: Yeah and he he, I don't
1: want to cut that out
0: no (laughs) (laughs) no he says that he's like er, he's like Eric introduced me to Missy and it was like being on a drug to be with her like she's intoxicating but I think a lot of people will find that about like a narcissist personality that like they can be have like an intoxicating personality to be around yeah I think we both know people like that um so there was one time they mostly drugged her when they molested her but one time she woke up Rebecca, she said she was going to tell. So Missy paid Eric and Joey told him what to do because Eric would do anything for money. So it was like, hey, just come in and pretend to rob this store. But and so- we're going to shoot the sister. And I don't think Eric thought he was going to get shot in the robbery. Do you think they knew they were going to kill Eric?
2: Hmm.
1: I don't know. Like, was that something gone wrong? I don't know. Because I wonder, like, would
0: you agree to get shot dead for some stereo? Well, no. I don't think you would have done of, that. Yeah. I think maybe it was like, oh, we're going to shoulder wound you and then you run away. I mean, like, yeah. you know, these kids all think they're sharpshooters. I don't know. <laughs> um. So Missy planned this entire robbery. Now she has immunity. She's completely played this entire Like the law and the order. law, law, daddy, She got everybody. Um, So. And now knowing that
1: she did that, the acting of these killer kids is insane. Like crying about your sister up top. Like, I don't understand how all these murderers are also amazing actors.
0: Yeah, yeah. She she was sad about her sister. I think sometimes you chat, you channel the sadness of you losing your freedom. You know, you're like, I better fucking tap dance or I'm going to be in jail. So you're like, oh, no, you know. Yeah. But um, so Cabot wants to help get Missy's immunity reversed, but that's actually not really within the scope of what she should be doing. So she basically goes to Joey's father, the lawyer, and kind of they hatch a plan to get this immunity reversed. So we're in Petrovsky's courtroom, a.k.a. Joanna Merlin, 43 episodes. Petrovsky's an iconic judge. Yeah. Um, Are they all Jewish? Because everything
1: I'm like, yes, yeah, she's like, a York, she's like a Jewish little bubby. She's like a bubby to me. You
0: know, she would be at Passover
1: dinner. Um, she, you know, she try be like, did you try the gefilte fish yet? <laughs> like, I fucking, I love her. So, And the son, I, well, I want to add, the dad is really sad. He's like, oh, this,
0: my son won't even let me save him. Right. So they're trying to get Petrovsky to overturn this immunity. They're saying this evidence of the VHS tape showed up after immunity was imposed. And then Joey's father's response is they can't put Missy on the stand without suborning perjury now that they've seen this video, which eliminates Joey's right to confront his accuser. So Petrovsky revokes the immunity, which I think is very rarely done. And. It's kind of a baller move from them that they got it done. But the judge and lawyer, of course, are pissed. They're like, yes. you guys are canoodling together. they're yeah, hatching up plans the defense <laughs> and prosecutors <laughs> <Canoodling>. together. <laughs> <That's-> Legal canoodling. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. And Petrovsky's very pissed at Cabot. They always have, like, fun scenes together. Um, but Petrovsky loves Cabot deep down because later when Petrovsky, when Cabot gets, quote unquote, murdered, but really goes into uh, witness protection, Petrovsky's very hard on the um, criminals. who they, She thinks did it. Um, so... She's pissed at Cabot. She wants the trial to happen ASAP, even though Cabot is not ready. Um, so yeah, they, the parents show up at SVU now. They get shown the tape. Well, what's my favorite is, um, they're pissed
1: that the trust, they're pissed about something, the parents, and they run into the squad room and they're like, we can't show you. They're like, show us. Yeah. And the mom, my favorite goes, what can be harder? And what it can is be worse than what, be what we're worse. going through? Basically. <laughs> and it's like, SVU will provide it yeah (laughs) like no that's what's crazy it's like your kid is dead use your imagination a
0: lot of things could be worse
1: (laughs) but that so this is this is where I've mentioned this before where SVU has a humor where before the worst thing ever happens there's always a funny joke like and this is the joke where it's like this mom is in hysterics what could be worse and it's like The squad will give it to you, baby.
0: Right. So we're winding up. The episode's kind of winding up now as we kind of realize that Missy is this um, sort of sociopathic mastermind. Joey um, admits that Missy paid Eric $1,000 to shoot at Rebecca. So we're trying to find out where she got that money. Dan Loria and his the, the, the adoptive parents are like, we're not going to help you take away our other daughter. Uh, and Missy's like, Joey will never testify against me. Like, she knows that she has this the kid like whipped. Uh, and the lawyer's like, when the jury hears about Missy's past and all her trauma, do you really think they're going to blame her for anything she does? We get a Huang moment where he meets up with Missy, tells the whole story about how her mom died when she was five. Her dad molested her and that the Kurtz's only kept her out of pity. And she has a flat affect. Huang says later, tells everyone she has a flat affect and no capacity for empathy. She's like a classic sociopath. And one of my favorite lines in that little interview that really um, stuck with me
1: is Cabot's like, but Joey loves you. He was going to take the death penalty for you. And she
0: goes, but he didn't. Did he? Yeah. He was in it for himself. Yeah. 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 Where um, and that's she's never had of, love. Yeah, that's the that yeah. And so they they talk about how her early childhood was so severely traumatic that even by twelve, when she was adopted into this lovely family, it was too late. Um, yeah, like she needed hardcore
1: therapy nonstop,
0: mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like she got it. Yeah. And that she knows what she's doing is wrong. She just does not care. So they track down this pawn shop ticket and figure out this like $3,000 like pave diamond locket necklace that's engraved that the parents gave Missy as a gift is what she gave to Eric to pawn for the money. Yeah. And then Munch is
1: like knows about all the jewelry lingo. And I love um, the pawn shop guy goes, look at you, a connoisseur. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many good pawn shop guys in the show. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I actually, the ring I'm wearing today, I got at a pawn shop in London.
0: Huh. I paid cash. <laughs> so then Missy uh is like you, talking to Cabot about how, you know, she's not going she she could get the death penalty and she's like you can't kill me. I'm already dead. And once she sees the necklace hanging like holding, she the anger on
1: her face is like she's pissed. She's yeah. got got and um, she's
0: done. But the So the episode ends like you think think it's going to end just like on, usually you fade to Dick Wolf on I'm already dead. Like a line like that. You think it's supposed to feel sad? Yeah. Scared? I don't. I mean. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like a really it's a really good monologue. Because you said she was a teen monologue. She does look little like she looks like she's 14, 15 in this show. Yeah, she's
0: 19 or 20.
1: So to me, like while watching it, thinking she's a teen and watching these horrific cold and she does this murderous lean in.
0: Yeah, it's like,
1: I mean, the lighting in this show, everything is
0: it's so good. So then the episode kind of ends with the dad trying to ask Cabot to like spare her a little bit, like to take the death penalty off the table. And he's like, can't you see how damaged Missy is? And uh, you don't always hear the uh, title of the episode just so succinctly put in there. But and Cabot's just kind of like, no I gotta follow the law Which bothers me because Cabot breaks
1: The law all, all the time This reminds me of below, you don't even watch Below deck but it's like it's maritime Law it's maritime law it's like you break The rules constantly Cabot can you just Not kill this teen <laughs> like I don't understand why she can't have life in prison. I don't think a jury
0: would ever give us somebody with such A traumatic past the death penalty like that Though I really don't okay Alright well that and then so with this dad Gonna visit her in jail like that's what I Don't understand yeah I don't know <laughs> Well, this was a one of our favorite episodes so our recap was extensive but yeah uh, hopefully you feel depressed yeah no. but get ready to hear about how this happened in real life we'll be right back <laughs>
1: Welcome back. Um, let's dive in. So this case, is there some sister on sister rape murder? There is. Um, <laughs> but so I'll I'll just uh, warn you up top. This is pretty fucked. But what why this case? So first this case is Canadian. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, you know, we think Canada is so nice. and Nothing happens there. And so these are probably the most famous killers in Canada. Canada's pretty embarrassed about it. Um, and then I don't know Because the case Is so fucked up But I think the reason It's so popular Is because they're hot They were called The Ken and Barbie killers Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the the bar for hotness and killers is low Because, you know, they're fine
0: Their the just... bar for hotness in Canada is low No, I'm just kidding
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, Drake looks so I'm good in joking. a beard <laughs> um, Yeah, so, you know, bl- they're blondes They're yeah. in love, they're young And so n- everyone was shocked At these Ken and Barbie killers And that's what they're called if you want to Google Yeah, yes. And what are their real names? So their real names are Carla Hamalka
0: And Paul Bernardo. I don't remember what he looks like specifically, but I remember I've seen Carla Homolka, like in when I have looked up this crime before. And she's very like, yeah, 80s Barbie, like big 80s hair, like she looks like your
1: 80s dream girl. Yeah. And I'll just mention this up top. If that name does sound familiar to you this past year, Don't Fuck With Cats came out on Netflix. Oh, yes. Which was a popular, true, crimey type Docu-series about Luke Magnata, Luca Magnata. And basically he puts up videos on the Internet of killing cats. He ends up killing a man. And then these two dorks from the Internet that deserve their own show loved (laughs) them. They get this online community to help find this guy. And he was connected with Hamalka because he said that he dated her. But it's not true.
0: He just loved. Well, then he fame kept making and videos where he's like, Carla and I are not an item. And it was like, nobody said you were like you, he would create stories about himself and then refute them and like yes. give interviews as if he was important, like he was TMZ or something. Yeah. And he
1: also. Um, so one of the people he killed, he chopped up into different yes. pieces yes. and he sent some of the body to an address for uh, Lori Hamalka, like carla's sis, other sister that's oh my alive God. so if you are like oh i've heard these
0: names recently they were um part of that and so he this guy was uh, i think it makes sense when you're saying about that this is like one of canada's most famous crimes because this guy wanted to be infamous this luca magnata guy and so he's like how can i be infamous it's like trying to link yourself to ted bundy you know what i mean like you just are like if i can somehow get involved with like get my name linked to her Everyone will know who I am, you know? Yeah. And so that's just, um,
1: you know, uh, this is a crime that keeps on giving and so connected to this. And it is fucked up. People. Yeah. He like vacuum sealed cats. It was. Yeah. Pretty fucked no, up.
0: that. But that's a recommendation if you're into. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. You, oh, you did watch. It. Oh, I watched Jump Up With The Cats. No, but did you watch the cat killing videos? What? Only what they showed on there. Okay. Cause do you know that he called it
1: like two cats, one, one killer or something? Yeah. Like he kind of fucked with the poop video. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's see where this starts. Okay. So Carla, um, basically, well, this is really funny. The cops are like, this was a match made in hell, not heaven. So I love a cop with a saying. <laughs> All right. Um, basically. She was young She was like a teen when she started dating him So she was like later teen, like 17 something mm-hmm. And he was in his 20s So um, that's, you know, a little weird But she bra- She w- he was six years older than her And she was pr- popular and pretty But she just thought he was the fucking bee's knees And mm-hmm. would do anything for him She bragged about him all the time Talked about him like she was devoted to this man um, And he was uh, Paul was the youngest of three And he did have a difficult childhood Um you know, stepdads that beat him, verbally abusive. Um, he was a teen peeping Tom. He was peeping in windows. Mm. Um, he did go to college. He seemed normal.
0: Um I think it's a peeping Tommy when you're a teen. Oh, is it? Oh no.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. I'm <laughs> so they're dating and there is a Scarsboro rapist that's out. So the whole town is scared and everyone is in fear of getting raped and attacked from behind. Um all these like women are getting attacked and raped and um they said light hair, young and just the knowledge of a rapist rapist being around is terrorizing this town in uh-huh. Canada. Um uh, he made women call themselves degrading names. He brutalized people on the verge of um Homicide and so the attacks were getting More and more well, violent escalating And we yeah, escalate and we learned that in SVU And you know people Get more comfortable you can tell if it's someone's First crime mm-hmm. or they're an experienced Killer and yeah. so they were scared That this was Gonna get worse and worse. And he was driven by a sexual drive that was misdirected. And they knew that it would not stop until he was caught. Um, the couple met in 87 when there was already three Scarborough rape attacks. I mean, have I said the town name wrong every single time? Probably. No. <laughs> um, I, I said it different every time. So there were already three rape attacks before, mm-hmm. before they started dating. The sketch is released. And it looks just like him He starts getting calls from everywhere Being like bro are you the Scarborough Rapist you know like uh, I did. I just did an act out of a phone if anyone Wants <laughs> to know that I am Committed to this podcast um, But yeah so everyone's Like uh, our friend is a rapist We think he looks exactly like this drawing That's been released Um, And the cops said that They've never heard of um, men turning their Friends in for rape usually they def- Oh I said that never mind I thought the cops it was my notes. Didn't say that. <laughs> I was shocked that yeah. boys are turning in their friends. Yeah. Usually boys like have their friends' backs and don't turn them in um, and defend black Yeah, it's weird. This
0: guy that looks like you is doing all these crimes. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. So
1: so whatever. So the Scarborough rapist things happen. So he moves to St. Catherine to live with her parents. Mm-hmm. So suddenly the Scarborough attacks stop. And, and in St. Catherine. The talks start. Oh, wow. And no one suspects the thing. The par- No one thinks, no one cares, no one. But legit, they stop in one town, start in another, all based on his movements. Uh-huh. Now, Christmas rolls around and he asks her to have sex with her sister, which uh, is rape. Obviously, she's underage. Tammy is 15 at the time. Um, and I wrote she's a Virgo, which is... We're Vogue, Virgos. She's not. I just looked up her birthday. It says Tammy was a Virgo, and Paul wanted to fuck virgin. a virgin. It is virgin. <laughs> oh my god! Because why would I write Virgo? It just autocorrected. Probably. It did because the next <laughs> Tammy was a Virgo, and Paul wanted to fuck a virgin. Okay. Tammy so- was a virgin, and Paul wanted to fuck a virgin, and she agrees. She just loves Paul so fucking yeah. much that she agrees to drug her sister and let her <gasps> My fucking my notes changed fiance to finance. I mean, I need a this is nuts. Okay, but she lets Paul drug and rape her sister. They used animal tranquilizer that they stole from a vet clinic. Jesus. Um and the and they videotaped the whole thing. So while the family is all sleeping on Christmas they are drugging and raping oh one God. of the daughters. I mean, it is so fucked up. Um, And then he orders Carla to assault the sister. So this is a little different from SWU. She's a little the, bit of a swap. Yeah. yeah. He... Makes her do it And so they both rape Tammy Tammy begins to vomit and choke And uh, they dress her and hide the camera They call 911 And um, they act shocked and everything They said they tried to revive her but couldn't And Christmas Eve she was dead (sighs) Nobody
0: thought the sister did it She was actually 14 And her birthday was like on New Year's Day Wow A few days later She would have turned 15 She never
1: made it to 15 Jeez Nobody thought the sister did it. Um, They did find a burn mark on her face, but she's but they also said she died of natural causes. So this is like pretty bad police work. Mm-hmm. Um, But they said that it was a uh, they the Carla and Paul said the burn on, mark on her face was from rug burn from trying to revive her. And so they just took it at face value, drugs, drinking, it's the holidays, totally normal. They and thought that the it was cops a tragic thought she was accident. just
0: taking vet- veterinary tranquilizers for fun. Well, I guess they that's might- what ketamine is, right? People take ketamine for fun and it's this a horse tranquilizer.
1: Yeah. I guess, I yeah. But maybe they didn't even do the...
0: The test yet
1: but also mm. I don't think the Cops brains went to Oh of course they yeah, drugged and it's, raped it's The a sister far walk for your mind to go Yeah to, that's a great saying yeah, yeah. Okay um, so yeah no one thought they did it Carla and Paul move into their own home in poor DeLucy and I'm saying that correctly because I spelled it phonetically. <laughs> no. So they moved to Port de Lucie, and his a- aggression actually starts to turn onto Carla. And that's the thing with narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, anything you you think that they're going to treat you different or that you're special. And it's not like they're eventually going to treat you like they treat everybody else. Right. And so that's just something if you're friends with someone that you think you can change, you're not going to. Um, So he. He lets her know that he's this rapist. And that he's the Scarborough rapist. And he's, they've been dating ba- all this time. And now he just finally tells her this. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then starts abusing her and she doesn't want to leave him in fear that he will tell her parents that she killed her sister, which I think is a fair fear mm-hmm. to have. Um, and then he did give DNA two months earlier, but it wasn't tested yet because DNA is just like not the same as it is mm-hmm. now. Um, as parts of using. So they decide to get married. And as a wedding present, he brings Carla, a young woman named Leslie. And Leslie is a 14 year old girl and he wanted to keep her as a sex slave. And he abducted her from her own backyard, luring her with a cigarette. You know, teens love a cigarette. Yeah,
0: I don't I would have. You know, because people are like candy or puppies, and you're no, like, no, I wouldn't no. be tricked. If for me, a I would have if you had been like, hey, I've got a parliament light, I would have been like, where? I'm coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, that sucks. So, June 91, middle of the night, he wakes her up and he's like, guess what, babe? I got a 14 year old girl here. And together they hold her captive in their home and assaulting her, recording this all on video. They strangle her, cut up. This is intense. They strangle her, cut up her body, encase the pieces in concrete blocks and drop them in the water. And this is two weeks before their wedding. Jesus. I've never even heard of all the movies yeah. all the shows all the true crime i've well, really that's like what the mob
0: used to do was put people in concrete i thought it was full bodies though i've just never but that wouldn't make sense I mean, huh yeah i don't know it depends on what kind of cement access you have i guess yeah and the
1: mob does aren't they yeah, like you they're know all construction
0: shit. workers jeez everyone
1: yeah <laughs> sleeping with the fish oh there's a funny Simpsons <laughs> A fish called. I'm sorry No <laughs> <laughs> They say sleeping with the fish As they think someone's dead But actually Troy McClure Fucks fish And it's like funny <laughs> If anyone wants um, Like an appetite Not an appetite a, pla- a palate cleanser After <laughs> we find out About the So yeah the, I mean the thing is They're like a young hawk Like who knows How to cut people up And put them in concrete blocks It's just like so fucked up They find the body of Leslie The day of the wedding <gasps> In the concrete blocks? How? I don't know. They find right. it. So it's fucking gruesome. It's, you know, it's heinous as fuck. And there's a veil of fear in Ontario. Mm-hmm. People are scared. Mm. Um, but you know, these people are dancing the horror at this wedding. So this FBI, they they bring this FBI guy to help. They need the FBI. And I was really confused about this. Like, I didn't realize FBI people, because I know, like, through Dexter, I learned, like, you can, FBI people go help police stations and you can hire yeah, but them. in I Canada? Yeah, I think it's wild that they don't have their own FBI, but maybe we just have more crimes here. I have no idea, but they yeah. brought someone from the FBI to help the case because it was like, so I'm like, is it under the table? Is it consulting? I didn't yeah. know that they're friends. So whatever. Um, so Carla starts enticing girls, like she's now in it. So he wants virgins, and, um, yeah, so they find virgins. He's obsessed. She becomes and, like the Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they want moments and trophy, like they want mementos. So they mm-hmm. videotape all of it. Mm-hmm. So they videotape all the attacks. So Kristen French was walking home from school in 1992. So this is now, um, Leslie was in 91. This is 1992. And uh, Carla asked, will you help with directions? And they had a map. They're very good actors. I think that's what we're learning. Killers mm. really know how to act. And so I wonder how many, ho- I mean, who knows? <laughs> Can you imagine?
0: Okay, Meryl Streep is a murderer
1: <laughs> <laughs> So they're, They have a map out they're like we need Help they bring her into the car she's reported Missing ASAP witnesses Do tell police they saw a girl with two People in a church parking lot In a beige Camaro um, there's yeah, God, if you're gonna drive a Camaro, why would you have a be beige? But the thing is, it was the wrong lead of a car. So that bought these two some time. Um, he drove a Nissan, nice, a gold Nissan, not a tan mm, Camaro. Okay. So and we learn this from a lot of SVU moments too, wherever they open it up to the public to call with advice uh, you know, tips. Yeah. The tips range, they're, they're crazy. There's um, too many. Yeah. Some aren't real. So it's really it's hard to go off of people tips, but whatever. So they got the car wrong. Paul and Carla keep her for several days raping and sodomizing her and then they strangle oh, her. God. They're fucking lunatics. Uh, the body is found April of 1992. Um, in 1993, Paul beat the shit out of Carla and she had to go to the ER and the DNA is finally tested. Like, I don't know from them or what, but they knew it was Paul Bernardo. And the FBI guy said that he didn't figure it out faster, but that he's the Scarsborough rapist and St. Catherine's murderer. So the FBI guy is sad that he didn't connect all those together because mm. um, and the cops were right here about the escalation. They just, uh, you know, it's poor police work, poor investigating. Um everything at least the fbi guy is taking responsibility for not being able to tie it together but they were right he did escalate it did go to murder it did get more vicious and it sucks that they weren't faster
0: in finding well dna would have helped if it was like as commonplace because this is the early 90s it's just not as big yeah as it is now yeah um
1: so it's less than two, two years of marriage. She moves out. Okay. Um, she thought that she was at the police for domestic violence against her, but they knew she was married to the psycho. So these are the cop games that we're used to on SVU. Mm-hmm. She confesses everything to the family. She gets a lawyer and tells the truth. Um, the truth in quotes, I would say, mm-hmm. because, um, she holds the key to putting him away. Um, but, she only agrees to testify for a reduced sentence. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Canadians and a lot of people and people that are interested in true crime, they call this like it's the the deal of the century with the fucking devil. I mean, mm-hmm. this is pretty insane. She did do all these things. But for her testimony, he as a subjective or not, he is more dangerous than her. Maybe, right. maybe not. But they needed to put him away. So she they agree. Um, she blames him fully and said that he forced her against her will and that the proof is all in the home videos. Um, February 1993, they arrest Paul and then to find the videos was a 71 day search. Damn. And they need those videos. Yeah. You know, like, cause I, without the videos, it's a he said, she said, and they're both not really that credible and yeah. stuff. And like, she does have sympathy cause he did abuse her, but the videos were really, important um for this case and her plea deal was kept secret from the public because yeah. the public would be so mad. Carla gets 12 years in jail. Um she actually gets two 12 year sentences, but she got to serve them concurrently. concurrently, not consecutively. Yeah, they call it the deal of the century. Um truly the deal of the century. And they had to keep Did everything she served 12, you think? Um we'll get to it. Oh, okay. But sorry. so there's no news. There's a news ban like no one is allowed in That's a report Like they are keeping this trial So secret Whoa. They cannot fuck
0: with this trial We don't do that way. shit in the US Because everyone just is too hungry for Are there no trials There, are, are, there are trials that are kept Like not secret But no press is allowed But I mean I think that they still Are like sensationalized in the media Either way Yeah they kept
1: this the so secret um, This was also before OJ And I feel like OJ was probably like The big mm. media circus That kind of changed Crime reporting forever I would say I don't I can't but I'm It could also have been before OJ, and I'm just young and I'm not thinking about history, but OJ did really feel like the first kind of public crime that we were led into the yeah, courtroom was, detail what, for 94 detail. or something? Yeah. yeah. For years. Um, So in May 95, in Toronto, Paul Bernardo trial happens. People line up for blocks to get a seat inside. He pleads not guilty, of course, to nine charges. And the videos were crucial evidence that Carla is raping her sister and assaulting, and nobody is forcing her. There wasn't a gun to her head or anything and the tapes would have changed her sentencing for sure wow
0: yeah so well i okay and just to play devil's advocate because listen i no listen to this you're gonna love this
1: when he was on his own the women lived whoa and he just raped them
0: but when it was with carla the women were killed because she probably had like a resentment F- f- towards them for like sleeping with her husband, even though it was like this psychosexual game that they were doing. Well, she's the true killer. Yeah
1: like on Greener. Like type. Ari Greener. But it is that to me is like, would he have escalated all the way to murder on his own? Or did he need Carla to complete wow. the murders? Because without pre-Carla, everyone survived. So it's again, it's theory. Cause it's we'll never know. Yeah. Time wise. Um, she says he's the mastermind. And then they played the tapes, you know, the trial lasts four months. The public can only hear audio, but not see them. And the jury did get to watch the videos um he made the girls say he's the king and they'll do anything he wants i mean you know there was a lot of stuff he was found the jury only deliberates for eight hours Uh, i can't believe even that long with tapes yeah i wonder you know there's probably one guy that was like oh but come on are you sure but those sluts (laughs) wanted it okay (laughs) i need to know how much time these people got um Okay, so yeah, the worst deal ever in Canada. Oh, what's amazing is there was a six month inquiry into the police work. Because uh, the cops failed and mishandled the case so badly. Mm. There were so many mistakes and it fell through by just like moving through from community to community. So they compl- like the cops were unable to work together. And because they just moved, th- this didn't go anywhere. And this actually made the Canadians have a new system to track serial criminals.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's like the Golden State Killer. Like he was all up and down California and none of these jurisdictions talked to each other. So he just was getting away with it for so long. Jeez,
1: yeah So I'm glad that Canada did something about it And created a new system to track people Yeah Um, In 2005, a 25-year-old Carla is let out of jail After serving 12 years People didn't think it was long enough, obviously um, And that she's the true psychopath of the group But what are you going to do? In February 2007, she gave birth to a baby boy Oh, So this is what always makes me mad when I think, like, uh, dating and stuff is hard as when I see these psychopaths just, like, get love and children. I'm just like, I don't want a child. Wait, did you say how what Paul Paul happened to Paul? He was found guilty on all counts, um, and he got life in prison eligible for parole in 25 years.
0: Wow. Okay. I doubt they're going to give him parole. parole, Um, So, yeah, life in prison. I wonder if he... I, I'm not, you, I wonder if he tried to ever say, oh no, Car- it was Carla. Like, do you think he ever turned on her? I don't know. And you also,
1: know? well, um, I saw somewhere like Carla's volunteering at a Montreal school sometimes. Like, she paid her debt and she's out and about and she's raising her son. And I'm like, are you going to tell your son? He's going to find out. Is it immoral? They must not have a sex kids? offender
0: registry in Canada because you wouldn't be allowed to be near children if you were. Found guilty of like killing a 14 year old. Oh, yeah. And then uh, with sexual registries, can you have your own kids? yeah i mean I if can't you're child you, you have to go to ice detention for that to happen to you in this country sorry i'm getting political um i don't I know sh- maybe
1: i should have found more information on what they're up to now this is what's hard because i was about to say don't do things to impress your boyfriend but she could have been the mastermind of a lot of these yeah we murders. don't know that's what's really wild yeah i'm just gonna say if a man asks to uh, rape your sister on christmas say no that's not the man for you
0: yeah so, but you have to think also that it's not like he threw that out her at her like first thing. They obviously had some kind of like psychosexual relationship going on where he was probably manipulating her a lot. And she was so in love with him. Like you said, she talked about him all the time. She bragged about him. So it's like, yeah, he probably kept inching up and inching up like how much he could push her boundaries until he suggested this thing. It was never like, let's kill her. It was like, I want to have sex with your sister. Like, won't that be hot? She's like the same as you. I mean, he probably just, you know. And I'm like, maybe that wasn't supposed to be a murder because it sounds like the way she died was more of an accident. But yeah, because she woke up. But not the second, not the crimes that followed. So they obviously got a taste for it afterwards. And I want to give a quick
1: shout out. I think SVU did a really great job of like, Somehow making the story even more Disgusting and wild Well when you make scary. the child younger
0: It's more traumatic But
1: also sticking to a lot of these facts And yeah. switching it And like they They globbed on the baby details And put them in mm-hmm. I I think they did a really good job Adapting this uh, crime into their show mm-hmm. And now we have
0: a guest And I can't wait Yeah excited to talk to our guest And we will be back With all that
1: It is now time for our guests, and I'm super thrilled. She is the star of this episode and in one of my favorite movies for A Good
0: Time Call. She starred this year in Hulu series Mrs. America. You've seen her on Showtime's I'm Dying Up Here. She was truly Lisa's first request when we decided that we were going to have guests on this podcast. That is not a joke. We also discovered that she and I went to the same college at the same time for a brief amount of time. Time. And uh, we are so, so thrilled to have Missy Kurtz herself on the podcast. Please check out our interview with Ari Grainer. Your IMDb, your first role was Sopranos. And then you got this giant part in SVU
1: where you like, I'm so good.
0: Um, yeah (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah.
2: No, I I had been doing listen I had been hitting the pavement for many years on the local community theater scene in uh outside of Boston and then was doing like children's theater there and was like doing all this stuff and then I did the Sopranos and then I mean the Law and Order SVU episode was kind of a big deal because I was like this is a complete rite of passage for every actor in the world and i was like so if this is happening
1: it's happening
2: wow <laughs> it was a very it was a very exciting gig i mean did you it was watch a big the deal. show
1: beforehand
0: I
2: wasn't did I
0: watch the show it was only season four so it's not crazy that you wouldn't like it it was you were on season four so like it wasn't like at USA marathons all the time status yet you know yeah like how many seasons are we at now they're about to start 22 that's what's about to air holy shit yeah so you're like early days
2: like, I think I'd seen and, you know, I'd seen it, but it wasn't like uh, it was not my I was not recording the show. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. watching it when I got home from school kind of deal. Um,
1: But it was still a very thrilling opportunity. And it was like a big role. Yeah, it was like a big part. But when you read the script and realized how insane your character was going to be and how wild, what did you do to prepare? And how did you feel when you read that you were like raped and helped kill your sister i mean
2: listen my <laughs> memory <laughs> full disclosure my memory is not great probably because i've been smoking a little bit too much weed in <laughs> but my uh i mean i think i just was like what a fun what a fun outrageous thing to do i didn't totally understand about um how I gave my sister gonorrhea and I remember like talking about it to family friends being like yeah and so I play this character um and she's sort of troubled and um she gives her sister gonorrhea and that's the thing that I remember
0: (laughs) most from it I haven't
2: watched I haven't watched it like, do you guys watch all the episodes before you have these conversations? Yes. With we, we've do. also
0: seen your episode. Probably, it's each one of my times. top favorites.
1: It's haunting. Mean, come on, no, no. it is. That's speech not at even, the
0: end. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating to you in one and any way. When we came up with the idea for this podcast, the first thing Lisa said was, "Oh my god, do you think we could get Ari Grainer for the episode she's in?" I swear to God, yes. because I'm also, blowing you up.
2: What a, what a triumph! To
0: <laughs> because I also love
1: for a good time call. I think it's like the best movie about female friendship. I have a movie sized poster <sighs> of it. <laughs> and so I um, I was just so thrilled. But that speech at the end that you give that is so chilling when you're like, you can't kill me. I'm already. dead." I mean, it is it yeah. haunts me. And yeah. you're playing a teen and it's just it, it's one of the twists that's so scary. I, I don't know. It's just haunted me for years now.
2: I I will say uh, and I don't know what this says about my career, but that episode and that line in particular is so, is still oft quoted to me. Oh my like gosh. It, really? Some, it really resonated with people, I guess <laughs> it really hit,
1: really hit a nerve. Yeah. There's um, it, it's just, it's so twisted and there's so many turns where then there's a restraining order. They can't get to the sister. There's organs uh, needing to be donated. Yeah. It's it's did wow. somebody die. Did she die?
2: Yeah.
0: Or, Yeah, the little sister. No, you I mean, you well, she died in the shooting that you set up with your boyfriend and your boyfriend's friends. Right.
1: Right. And you pawned a necklace for
0: money and you paid them. And then they he
1: was willing. That's another favorite line where he was willing to take the death penalty for you. But then and they're like, of course, he loved you. He would have done that. And you go. But he didn't. And it's, that was really a good one too. <laughs> oh, wow.
2: I do remember shooting, like there was some scene, the scenes that I remember shooting, I remember shooting that end scene. Um, and I remember like being in my jail jumpsuit and Stephanie March being there and thinking she was really pretty and like leaning into the camera for like, you can't kill me, I'm already dead. Yeah. And then I remember, and then I remember there was like a secret camera footage of me seducing my boyfriend. Yeah. Um, as played by Chris Denham, who's such a good actor. And that was kind of the first time that I'd ever like gotten to do something kind of sexy. And, um, so I remember that was kind of fun and I feel like maybe like, like, like I, and I remember like really kissing him. Like I I'd, I'd never done a kiss before like that. So I didn't know uh like the protocol about like using tongue or not and it's possible that I did <laughs> just um, slipped it in there to be as I, real as possible I might have I was like this you have to make this real um <laughs> I remember that and then I remembered some scene where I'm crying uh yeah. Like where they come to, maybe they come to the house and interview me and I'm like, you're in I the hospital and you're crying. Well,
1: no, and at house, she's in a peasant top. At the, with house. Oh, yes. the peasant yes. top. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Did I have
2: two braids? Yeah. Is
1: it possible that I had two braids? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. And I remember that was exciting because that was the first time, like in a nerdy actor way that I really, uh, it was like the first time that I like really, really cried doing something like wow. where I felt. Like I got into enough where I was like, whoa, this is that feeling when you like really feel the feeling of what's going on. That was a big deal. It was a big moment. There's also
1: wow. a scene at the hospital where it's like Richard Belzer and Ice-T and then you're there and was. Do you remember
0: that? Like that seems so intimate. Like if I was I would be so. intimidated. Yeah, because you're this like young actress. It's only your second credit. You're there with like Ice-T and Richard Belzer and you're bawling. And this is when we really believe you that you're like yeah. upset about your sister and all this stuff. Right.
2: I definitely remember, um, that's my dog. That's my dog. Uh, my dog Tootsie. Hey, Toots. It's cool. We're all cool. Thanks, man. (laughs) Um, I do remember being, um, like, generally intimidated. And I was the kind of person on a set, especially like for those first few and by few, I mean like 10 years on set where I would be like, I don't want to be, uh, in anyone's way. Like, I don't want to like, some people are like, Hey, here I am. I'm on set. Mm -hmm. I'm hanging by the monitor. And I was always like, I never want to step on anyone's toes. I never wanted to be, um, you know, so I remember being like nervous, Um, but I feel like everyone was really nice. Oh man. I really wish that there was a, that I could remember like me and Richard Belzer, we must've talked about something. Like we must've had like a chit chat. Me and I, but I can't, recall well, what it is. Maybe okay.
1: I should just make up some story about it. <laughs> well, no, because we were also going to ask you about Mariska's uh, highlights, if they looked as good in person as on TV, but that seems like <laughs> a very specific crazy question after uh, so many years. Yeah,
2: I mean, <laughs> I just remember whenever that scene was, she walked in, and she was super nice, but was also like, okay, guys, let's let's do it. Let's get out. Like maybe she had theater tickets or something like there was something about like, out. let's, <laughs> let's do, let's get this. And of course I was just so excited to be on the set. I was like, why wouldn't everyone just want to be here for as long as humanly possible? <laughs> um, but she does have great highlights. <laughs> I wonder what she thought about, you know, wonder what she, like signing up for a show like that and ever imagining you would be doing it for 22 years.
0: Yeah. Have you gotten her on the show? you It's a dream. It's a dream. We're yeah. going to try. Yeah. Try our best. Yeah. yeah first, we got to yeah. impress her, I think, yeah. with all this. <laughs> yeah. yeah thank just you. thanks for taking the time. Um, and and I'll smoke a lot of weed today so in fun. honor of you. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I hope you and Tootsie make it through the pandemic. Still friends. All right. Let's get. Well, that was an amazing interview. And uh, honestly, a dream come true. Lisa was glowing the entire time. <laughs> I was. And now, well, I'm excited. Well, yeah, she was amazing. So this is our, what we call our
1: post-mortem. Yeah. For anyone. And th- this is where we wrap it up. We tell you our lessons, what we learned. And it's a fun, clever name that has to do with law and order. <laughs> murder, postmortem but fun. No yeah. morgues here. A postmortem but make it make it cute. I hope we can go to a morgue one day for not sad reasons. I'd like to see what they're like. Oh, yeah, like a tour? Hey, yeah. if you're a mortician listener out there or you were or a medical examiner, hit us up cuz I'm also thinking of like death becomes her and men in black like I've just never been yeah. a part of
0: I want You want to slide one of those bodies yeah. out of the thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Open one of those little refrigerator doors and be like Phew. Um, what did we learn? So, listen, what have we my major takeaway is, look, I've got a little sister. You are a little sister. <laughs> let's not let's just not give up our little sisters as sexual favors to people. I know that that was in the real case uh, that she gave her little sister up. And in, and in this case, uh, uh, Missy's character just kind of like she to was trouble. I love yeah. when Ari
1: goes, you know, I'm playing a girl that's really troubled. I'm like, that's a very <laughs> that's nice <an> understatement way <laughs> to say full-blown psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> I also would like to say if you're going to pawn stuff for money to commit a crime, leave town. Yeah. Go to another jurisdiction to pawn. Yeah. Um you don't want to get caught because
0: I think our pawn- goal is to also through these tips help people commit crimes successfully. <laughs> like yeah. stop being dumb. <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't realize, but I guess the pawn people and
1: the police and authorities probably have a close-knit relationship. Sure. I don't know the answer to this, but if your kid kills your other kid, do you forgive
0: that kid or do you hate that kid? I think that depends on the circumstances. I mean... That's really tough. It's tough. I don't know. That's happened a lot of times. I've read a lot of, you know, stories about that. The only
1: time I've heard parents turn in their kid was in the movie Alpha Dog with Justin Timberlake, which was based on a real crime as well. Mm. Watch out for our next podcast. Um, (laughs) I also would like to say if the cops ask you to step outside your home, do not do it. Yeah. Do not do it. If they say you've won an award, even though you shot multiple people,
0: it's a yeah. Trick. You need to you need to stay inside the house.
1: If your dad is trying to make sure you don't get the death penalty, listen to him. Yeah. Um. If a hot girl, even though she's great at sex, is telling you kill my sister and fuck her, <sighs> you um.
0: You don't have to do it. There are if so many other, other girls you yeah. can fuck. There are so many others. I know that you're 15 and you think this is a hot girl. There are so many other options
1: out there. And we did research how to get girl on girl gonorrhea. Yes. And basically, if you like use a dildo or any other item in
0: yourself and then put it into yeah, someone, yeah, it can else. be transferred. I mean, I think you can just say it can be transferred through sex toys. Okay. How many people get it? <laughs> so we've learned a lot. I think
1: this was one of the more horrific episodes, season four, right out the gate. Um, And yeah, yeah, it was it
0: was truly a a dream to talk to Ari. I know it was like one of our (sighs) first things we wanted when we came up with this podcast. Also, um, don't ever
1: go don't ever utter the words out loud. What could be worse? Because they'll find a way. You know what I mean? When the mom was yeah, like, she was like, what could be worse than this? It's
0: like, we have sit down. Sis. Yeah. Don't I got ever something to tell you out loud. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. And now it's time for What Would Sister Peg Do, which is our weekly segment where we take a moment to give you some more resources to further your knowledge on a topic that was tackled in today's episode. This week, it's just a book. Uh, this week's episode dealt with teen psychopaths. So we thought we'd, I'd recommend uh, John Ronson's book. It's called The, the Psychopath Test. Uh, and it's a really interesting book about psychopathy that is um, very factual, provides a lot of factual information, but it reads more like a fun novel and not like a psych textbook or articles. So we recommend that to all of you guys. And
1: next week, we'll be covering the SVU episode raw. So watch along with us. It's season seven, episode six. And you can do that on Hulu, Peacock. And if you're rich, you know, buy it. See you next week. That's Messed Up is an exactly right production. If you have compliments you'd like to
0: give us or episodes you'd like us to cover, shoot us an email at that's messed up pod at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at thatsmesseduppod and on Twitter at messeduppod. And follow us personally at Kara Clank and at Glitter Cheese. As always, please see our show notes for sources and more information. Thank you so much to our producer and fellow SVU superfan, Hannah Kyle Creighton. Thank you to our heroes, Stephen Ray Morris and Annalise Nelson, our engineers. To Henry Kapersky, musical extraordinaire for our theme song. To our artistic queen, Carly Jean Andrews, for all of our artwork. Thank you to our executive producers, Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, Danielle Kramer, and everybody at Exactly Right Media. Listen, subscribe,
1: leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dun-dun!